Welcome to C-Suite Radio. It's time for another edition of the Brett Allen Show. It's go time, you and me. Join us weekly for the latest pop culture interviews from your favorite TV shows, movies, comedians, and so much more. Yeah, I'm not gonna lie to you, felt good. Plus, you never know who will drop by. What happened here was a miracle. Now, here is your host. I said, throw down, boy. Welcome to tonight's main event. Brett Allen. Welcome in, everybody. It's great to have you here today. Thanks for watching another episode and listening to The Brett Allen Show. Today, I'm very excited. I've been looking forward to this conversation. Uh, We're chatting with the multi-talented actor, uh, just all around hysterical, Mo Collins. Uh, Thank you so much for your time. Glad to be here. Well, I've been following you on social media, and I see you've been visiting family and doing all of those fun things um, I know you're busy quite regularly and all the time, but is it nice to kind of just sort of take a break from being you, so to speak, and just kind of be able to hang out and visit family and things like that? Oh, well, I mean, it's always great to be with family. And fact of the matter is, I was happy to have something to do. I'm not busy right now. <laughs> <laughs> not busy at all. <laughs> so yeah, it was great. I mean, you know, my even my son was able to come and um So it was really, really, really a special time, you know? Yeah, I can imagine. Now, when you're visiting family and things like that, do they sort of, what version of you do they get? Do they get just the normal, you know, this is me? Or is there like some sort of expectation to kind of be like the version that people see like maybe no. on television or anything like that. I, I always find that curious. No, I'm, I'm me, <laughs> you know, I mean, I suppose like anybody uh, doesn't have to be an actor. You go meet with your family and you, you maybe resort to some family ways. I mean, families have a language together, right? Like it's yeah. a, it, you have your own kind of personal way of being together. So, you know, just jump right back into that. They don't, they don't think they don't expect me to, I'm not the funny one there. I'm I'm actually probably more the quiet one, really. Yeah, I find that interesting. And I and I asked that question because I had uh your co-star on a couple of years ago, Aries, and we were oh. talking about, yeah, we had a very good conversation. One of the most honestly fascinating people I've ever spoken to. Just you know, and it's and that's why I asked that question because he said something interesting. Uh, kind of hearkening back to that conversation of when he is with family and is around people, they sort of have this level of expectation. You know what I'm saying? Yeah, it's interesting. And and that's why I asked that question because I talked to a lot of actors and comedians and, and people who just kind of live in this world that's so different than what most people know about. And so there's sometimes even as journalists, I've had, people say, you know, I apologize if I didn't meet, you know, your expectations of being funny or things like that. And, and I think the real personality is always great because people want to get to know you as an individual. You know what I mean? If that makes sense. Yeah, I mean, if my family has expectations, you'd have to ask them. (laughs) It's not something I see from them. And it's certainly not something that uh, I do. I don't feel it. I I'm just myself. But I mean, I'm, I'm myself around, I'm, I'm just myself, unless I'm playing a role. 
Yeah, no, no, I love that. I think that's great. I appreciate your honesty in that. Because again, it's just getting to talk to individuals like yourself. I just find it fascinating because again, your world is so different and really just not what people would expect. I'm very curious, what sort of interested you in becoming an actor or pursuing the life that you did? Was there like a moment that you kind of knew this was something that you wanted to do or was it sort of a, a progression over time? I guess it was a progression. I mean, in eighth grade, I learned how to do improv through Mr. Hermiting and it was something that I loved. And then sort of when I was waffling with my life, you know, around 19, I took classes at Dudley Riggs and then I got into the touring company and then there was a check in my hand and it's like, okay, this is uh, getting paid to do what I love to do. That's, that's pretty cool. Then I got an agent and I got the first thing I auditioned for and it's like, this is what I do. Yeah, I love it. So then you were working and doing different things. And then at what point did Mad TV come along for you? Was that sort of where? It was in 98. I had um, moved out to LA and because I decided to go for it. You know, Minneapolis, just I realized that um, it just wasn't enough. You know, I could keep working there, but that trajectory from a straight line of working ends up start starting to tilt downward, you know, as far as a life trajectory of what you want to do. I wanted to, I wanted to test myself. Yeah. And just do something different that you had, had done before. I want to see how far I could go. Yeah. I do more. You know, it's like, I knew, I knew I had more. Yeah. I love that. I think that's great. And that's a good takeaway. I think for people watching and listening is I think we always have to constantly be challenging ourselves, right? And doing yeah. more and than you know, what my, we're used my to. My son was two years old at the time. And that was actually, it seems a little crazy, but that was a big part of the decision to move, uh, to go after my dreams. Because if I'm not leading by example for my son, um, I don't know, what do I become some sort of resentful mother up in Minnesota then, you know? So uh, the best thing I could do was show him that you, you go for, your dreams, you go for who you are and what you love. Yeah. I'm very curious also in the fact that when you get to that part of your life and your career and you're going after that was at the time, I mean, Mad TV was huge. You know, it was kind of like the biggest thing that was on television at the time. And you get it. <laughs> what polls were you looking at? <laughs> what charts were you looking at? <laughs> well, I, at least I feel that way. I mean, okay. I I was to always our fans in, to our fans, <laughs> but to the rest of the world, we flew under the radar. Yeah, well, that was another, and I'll get to that in a second because Ari <laughs> said something very similar. Yeah, <laughs> had it gotten the attention that say like a Saturday Night Live got yeah. or something like that, I'd be Molly Shannon right now. His career would be much different. You know, he's the people champ. (laughs) He's the people's champ on paper. uh, But then when it comes to everybody else, it's kind of interesting. Well, and I I don't say that to to gaslight or anything like that. But I think to the dedicated fans, it was a big show. You know, 100 percent. Our fans are the reason that we stayed on the air as long as we did. That's why. That's what fandom can do. Yeah, I think, and that is sort of a testimony (laughs) to the fact that when you get people behind, you know, a show, even like, even now shows that go off the air and then somehow Mm -hmm. 
come back on. The, the perfect totally. example is the Orville. You know, it was on yep. Fox for a long time. It goes off the air. But yeah. The power of the people get it back onto television and yeah. then get it over to Hulu. And now it's off again. Apparently it's, you know, there's no season four in the future. And we talked to a lot of people about that. So I'll switch gears here a little bit then and talk about that because at that time you're doing this show. Did you know if you were going to be able to get another season or how, or was it just a week to week thing that, you know, sort of determined? Well, you'd find out um, after you'd completed a season, you know, we found out in the spring when it was sort of the upfronts time, you know, when, when stations were announcing shows that are canceled and shows that they're picking up. So that's, that's when we would find out that uh, we still had a job, basically. But yeah, I don't, I wouldn't say that there was this confidence every spring. Yeah, definitely, I mean, I mean, imagine. <laughs> no, we, we knew that, you know, we always called ourselves the bastard child of Fox because <laughs> okay. we were, we were, we were just, um, they ignored us, which was great. I mean, they had some influence on, you know, material and things. They'd send their people and say, well, you can't say this word or you can't do that. But um, because they didn't pay too much attention, you know, we just kind of got to keep going along it's, it, it, the way we wanted to. Yeah. I mean, you certainly got to do things that probably other sketch shows uh, that were at the time, I think Saturday Night Live obviously was probably the big one. Yeah. Couldn't do, you know what I'm saying? Which made the show to me fascinating uh, and sort of interesting because you got to tackle different things that, but it, you were right. kind of well, saying the things were, that people thought. <laughs> we're a far more urban show too. And, you know, at, the, at that time, it's sort of like, I mean, people at Fox probably wouldn't have even known how to really have that conversation, you know, because what's, what's a, you know, white Rupert Murdoch going to have to say about, you know, us doing this, this wonderful urban material without getting his himself in trouble. So they let yeah. us do our thing. Yeah. I love that. And it worked to your advantage, obviously, yeah. <laughs> because you guys <laughs> went on for so long um, and then I think even at one point there was an attempt at reviving the show. Uh, yeah. But um, I just don't think it got the legs that it did that yours had, obviously. No, you can't do it. We, you know, um, I knew, I knew it probably wasn't going to work uh, just simply because you can't do, <laughs> you can't do mad TV um, on the CW. We were a late night Fox show. Yeah. You, you cannot, you literally, you just cannot do what we were doing on a CW show. It doesn't work. Yeah. Fox, you can get away with a little bit more. Yeah. <laughs> the reason people wanted it back was because they wanted, they wanted us back. Yeah. That's why it's nostalgia they were calling for, you know, which, uh, thank you, YouTube. It's still out there. <laughs> to a Yeah. Degree, yeah, know? it is. You can literally go on there. I was going on there just the other day, looking at your old sketch clips and things like that. And all these characters and things that you created and and that sort of thing and it just i again you just can't really hold a candle to it doing anything else because it was so different yeah and um, it was of the time too you yeah. know it was definitely of the time because if we're, if we're looking back and i guess that uh hbo max has um i don't know all the seasons on i'm not yes. sure yeah. i i know i'm not making a penny off of that so i don't know what's going on but um it's, I, I would bet that they're, 
they're censoring or re even removing some sketches because a lot of the material that we did then really kind of can't get away with now. Yeah, that's interesting. It's uh, that's the other thing that I find fascinating is that, you know, the topics that you did cover and some of the sketches that you did. Yeah. It's like, there's always this conversation, you know, just as an example, like, you know, we'd love to get the office back or we would love to get this back or that back. And a lot of the cast would say something similar in the sense, like, I don't think we could do some of the things that we did then because it just wouldn't land in, especially in today's culture with entertainment in, yeah. in the industry, right? Everything has its season, you know? I mean, that's just the way it is. And, and that's how nostalgia is born. <laughs> There's things we loved in our past and they just cannot be repeated, uh, but yeah. they can be relived in other ways. Yeah, I think that's great. I mean, the show definitely, you know, has lived on and there's been a lot of sure. success with it. Yeah. Um, it's interesting because this, again, talking about just your career and the things that you've done and this show in particular, as somebody who was a cast member and a lead on this, when you're putting these things together, these sketches and things like that is is the process similar as far as there's the writer's room and you're putting stuff together and then you put these up in front of a, an audience to sort of test them out or, or how was that process? Oh, well, it starts, you know, um, pitching in the writer's rooms. We, you know, that was part of our job too, is to be going in, dipping into the rooms and going, I have an idea or you have an idea, an idea you want me to listen to and you bounce it around they write it up and then we do a table read and uh, there's a, uh, I don't know if I can swear a shit ton. You're of, fine. Yeah. You're okay. absolutely fine. There's yeah. a shit ton of sketches um, that need to be boiled down to about 10, you know, so there'll be a packet of about, I don't know, 30 sketches. Wow. And we do the table read and we read and we see what, what is working there. And then that one goes into the next week then where you are then rehearsing those sketches that were chosen for, um, for the shoot that week. Um, and of course, then it continues to go through its its uh, rewriting process. And then there in comes the audience. And of course, you know, some of us were pretty comfortable with improv. So um, once we had done what, you know, the first pass through as the script called for, then there were a few of us that pretty much just took off the gloves and said, OK, let's play. And uh, the, the beauty of Mad TV and that is that we allowed I mean, I always, I always say that Mad TV is actually more live than SNL in terms of the content itself, yeah. because like they are beholden to reading uh, their lines off of a chart. They're not even looking at each other. And so we were really in the moment and riding the wave of the audience as well, and then allowing for improv, because then it goes to the editing room, you know, so, but, but what we had was this wonderful opportunity to just drag the net for gold, comedy gold, while the audience is there. I mean, how lucky are we? But the ones that were pre-taped, then what we would do is during those live nights, they would play back the pre-taped ones all edited together and get a laugh track on it. Okay. And then they could also go, you know what? This joke didn't really work at all. And they can still take it out. Beautiful. Yeah. I think that that's very true. I, and you're yeah, SNL, I think obviously they there's probably a lot more strict 
as far as what they might even allow their cast members to do as far as the sketch. If it's not funny or it's not landing, probably just kiboshing it like all together, you know, but you guys really just kind of went for it. Like as if it were, I don't know, like a play, I guess. And you just, have it the, is. Uh, yeah, it is. It, it, and it kind of has to be, that's, that's sketch comedy. That's comedy. Comedy is a live thing <laughs> you know it's it's malleable and uh it's a relationship between the performers and the audience you know it's it's all of it so you try and encapsulate all of that uh into everything you can before you put it out then to the masses yeah and if you're doing something and it's funny you're just leaning into it even more and just leaving yeah, it up to or the if editors it's not funny <laughs> Really, that's where you're like, okay, you know, the thing is on shows like Mad TV and SNL, you've got people, you've got performers that have have or should have those chops where it's like, mm, this is not working, you know, and your instincts kick in and then you, you find something, you know, um, you find something. That's what you do. That's the job. Yeah. Money. Yeah. Yeah. And I think that's one thing about improv that I love um, being here in Denver and things. There's a lot oh, of you're that. In Denver. Cool. Yeah. Yeah. I was in California for a long time, but moved to Denver. I digress, but there's a lot of sketch comedy. A lot of that is here improv. Oh. Um, and it's fun to go watch it because it's interesting to see you and folks like yourself really just, be in the moment. It's like as honest and raw as you can get. It's not like a stand-up comic where, you know, it's polished and you're doing this, you're doing that. And if it's not right, you take out a word here, a word there to make it funny, but to just really be in that moment and just yeah. I actually live think in it. A lot of stand-ups do that, you know, because they're they're very aware. I mean, there are yeah. some that are absolutely like the way their jokes are written, they really can't step out of them. Right. Um, but uh I, I kind of think that most standups um, have that skill in there and use it to some degree. Sure. Did you ever think about doing standup? Was that I have some, done oh, you've, you've had, done some of it? Oh, yeah. I've done, yeah, I've headlined. I've been, I've got some gigs coming up. Yeah, I love it. I love standup. Do you prefer that over the improv, or is it just? I just diff- prefer comedy. You prefer comedy, yeah. <laughs> I just, I just love. Uh, Performing. I love the relationship between performer and the audience. Yeah. I mean, mean, there's really, I I think it's one of the purest art forms. I love it because it's just fun going into the clubs or wherever the case might be. And just having that moment where you get to connect with whoever's performing. Yeah. It's very, it's very healing. (laughs) It is. Yeah. Especially just right now with all the craziness going on, there's nothing like going somewhere and being able to just let loose for an hour and be able to laugh. Yeah. And that has to be good for you too, as a performer to be able to provide oh, it's that. Great. It's fantastic. Yeah. I love it. It's when you're doing shows like this and you're coming into this world, a lot of these characters that we know, did you have that already in the bag when you get there and you audition with that? Or are those characters that you created over time? For Mad TV? Are you for Mad about? TV? Yeah. Well, the audition required three three characters and three impressions. I was not somebody that had, you know, um, a closet full of characters ready to go. So I kind of t- took things I'd done 
in the past uh, from different, you know, shows I was doing up in Minneapolis, improv kind of things. And I was like, oh, that, that might work, you know, create 30 seconds out of that. I could do that. That would be good. Um, I auditioned with Lorraine. You know, she was um, actually uh, my friend Melissa Denton and I, we, we used to do these two women together. They were, I mean, Lorraine used to be part of a duo. And we did these like late night shows in Minneapolis. Um, So I did take her and kind of um, fill her out for, for mad TV purposes. Um, Trina, Trina was my um, dental hygienist growing up. Uh, I did her put 30 seconds together for her. And then I also auditioned with Scotty girl. And that was very specifically to, I kind of took this character that I'd done at this dinner theater where I wore these, uh, buck teeth but <laughs> I, but I created this Wisconsin Packer fan character because Fox had the NFL and I just thought that might be smart <laughs> and uh what did I do then uh impressions I did I think I did Mary Tyler Moore Cher Rudolph the Red-Nosed Reindeer yeah but I love no, it I didn't have that stuff I just had to put together I definitely put together an audition. <laughs> yeah, that's very cool. Well, when you're not doing this, whether it's sketch or stand up, what other creative outlets do you have? What what helps you kind of keep the juices flowing? So to speak? I'm a painter. I'm an artist, painter, visual. So I do a lot of that. Um, hang out, hang out with my husband because he makes me laugh. Yes. And he has a podcast too, which is very cool. Yes. I had a chance to check that out and heard the episode that you appeared on. So that has to be a lot of fun for you both to be able to work together like that. Oh, I love when he has me on. It's a great podcast. Zen AF uh, podcast. It's really good. It's, you know, they crack me up, but they also say some very meaningful things, which I love. So fun to watch him do that. But yeah, I don't know. Creatively, I yeah, I paint. Yeah. And that's probably fun too, because it's a different sort of energy and kind of keeps totally. things going, you know, yeah. uh, in between whether you're on television or you're doing stand up and things like that. Very cool things. Uh, it's just been a lot of fun here. One last question. You know, obviously you've done a lot in your career. You've had a lot of great successes, but was there ever a piece of advice that you were given that sort of helped sustain you and get you through maybe the ups or the downs, you know, as you're taking this as far as you can, you know, as you mentioned earlier on in the conversation. Oh, God, I don't remember necessarily being told something that really stuck, but I definitely learned things along the way. And those things are, uh, don't, don't take it personally. You know, it's, it's a business of no's. (laughs) So get used to it. Um, be truthful, stick with it. You got to stick with it through the ups and downs. You got to decide it's who you are. You know, yeah. if, if it ain't who you are, get out. <laughs> Cause it is a brutal, brutal business. It's an asshole. So, um, yeah. you know, <laughs> I've heard that a lot. The business is an asshole. It just is. And it's not getting any easier as I get older. Um, but, uh, you got, you got to just decide that that's who you are through the good and through the bad. And if you really want to act in the business, you know, do a play, write a play, 
do something on YouTube. There is no excuses anymore. Yeah. You can do shit anywhere. We've got TikTok for God's sake. Like there's no excuses. Yeah. You that's perform. You can perform. If you're not, that's on you. Start a podcast. I mean, it's just yeah. literally anything. Yeah. You know, I've heard that said so many times with the, you know, as much choice as we have for oh, content out there, it's incredible. crazy, yeah. you know, and had TikTok or Instagram or Facebook wholly existed, even when Mad TV was on and at its peak, you know, even though I'd have it was, a different career. I yeah. Mean, have a different career. It's like I'd have a incredibly, we didn't even have YouTube. Yeah, I know. That's the thing. So like, there's no excuse if you're watching or listening to not create content because there's a million different avenues. Yeah. But you know, the thing you got to stay out is ex- of is expectations. Yeah. Too. You know, um, you just do the work and whatever happens from it, you know, you can only control so much. You're really like, but don't expect things to just go brilliantly right away. And then when things do go well, don't expect them to stay there either. Yeah. You can't chase after the fame dragon or the money. No, dragon. no, 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 no. Cause yeah. you have a very short career. I would imagine. Yeah. At least and from- save your money. <laughs> <laughs> I love it. Yeah. Don't save your money. Don't you know? <laughs> be smart. Yeah. Yes. Yeah. I still have a roof over my head and I'm very, very proud of that. When you look at how much of my career I've spent unemployed. You have a beautiful home. Just looking at it from okay. this. Yeah. it's. I love it. It's got a very good vibe to it. Um, yeah. I think that's the thing. Oh, there we go. See folks, you're getting a little behind the scenes. You know, it's, it's funny. Like I've gorgeous and you've got a lot of the great littlest bar back there. It has yes. all these old albums in it. Um, yeah. A hutch full of special items. Yes. <laughs> um, yeah. I like that. That's good. I've heard that said a lot too. save your money. Cause you just, Oh yeah. Save your money, save your money, be smart with it. Well, especially, you know, you don't, when you, you don't expect like, I don't want to go into this necessarily, but uh, what a pandemic to happen where literally the entire industry shuts down for over two years. Yeah. You know, even the best of the best, which I thought was kind of ironic, were even saying, man, you know, I've got a staff of 300 people that I have to take care of, you know, and I, when the money's rolling in, you're like the money's rolling in. But then when, the, when the money stops rolling in, I don't know. People don't always have that mindset of just being smart. No, they don't. They don't. And it's funny. Like people think I'm a millionaire. (laughs) Really? People think that. Yeah. That's Mm -hmm. interesting. Is it just based on this one persona of Mo Collins that they see on social media? I I guess because I've been a, because I well, literally, I think just sometimes they just think that because you're an actor, you're rich, which um, not always that is not true. I mean, shoot, you know, it's like I made $300 on 40 year old virgin, you know? So, um, that's, that's the reality I live in. Yeah. There's it's, a, it's a career. For- I mean, A-listers, they get paid. Oh, sure. they get paid. Um, so I know there's money out there. Maybe one day I'll get my hands on some. Well, I think you've had an amazing career. I really do. And I, I agree with you. I've I, had an amazing career. You've steadily been working and successful for however long. I know we joked earlier about, you know, you're not working right at the moment, but (laughs) generally speaking, you know, you've 
been able to somehow be a, a working actor and performer and do it well, which I think, you know, there's this misconception, as I said earlier, where, and you just said that people think, you know, it's just like endless amounts of cash and uh, whatever, but it's not always the case. No. You know, you just have to be smart. No, and everybody um, thinks I'm real busy too. And it's like, I haven't worked since November. Yeah. I'm hurting. <laughs> you know, it's like, I'm, I'm right back to that horrible place where actors go, where it's like, I don't know if I'll ever work again. Wow. You know, I'm getting a few auditions here and there and I like my auditions, but uh, you know, when you're not on the, it, when you're not in the machine of Hollywood, when they don't see you as a commodity, right? Um, it's tough. Yeah. It's tough. And, and, and they just don't, they don't see that in me. You know, people love to work with me. They have great things to say about me, but um, it's hard for me to find work. That's just, that's just how it is. But I'm a tough motherfucker. <laughs> you are. I've seen you in other interviews and I've listened to conversations. That's why yeah. I wanted to talk to you, honestly, Mo, because I, I again, I just, it might sound strange, but I just find that so interesting. I have an eight to five job. I sell wine. I work from home. Oh, nice. You know, yeah. And that's what was part of the reason why I could move. And then I get a little bit from the podcast, not much, um, you know, but I think that it's just like, there's the, the reality, you know what I'm saying? Going back to the start of our conversation, it's like, yeah, there's this misconception of the business. I don't know. I saw you know, an, a conversation somebody asked um, Matt Damon once, you know, do you think teachers should get paid as much as actors? And he said, absolutely not, because actors don't. It depends on the type of actor you're talking about, obviously. But, you know, like if the point was, is that it's, you know, it's not what people think necessarily. I mean, maybe like you said, of an A-lister, obviously, but the rest of the the industry uh, that oh, is yeah. necessarily I mean, part of the machine yes it's not um as such <laughs> to put no, it mildly it's not and i you know i've accepted that and at the same time because i am who i am i i also know like any given sunday right like at any point the business could say that what she's doing that character, that one, yeah, raise her up, right? Like put her on that Hollywood pedestal. It could happen. I actually don't really want too much. I don't really, I'm not big on pedestals, but um, uh, I, I do. I just want to do good work. Yeah, That's all I want to do. I want to do new, interesting characters, whether it's comedy or drama. I just want to tell good stories and do cool characters. Oh, I really, that's all I want to do. And work with great people like, my favorite thing is being on set, you yeah. know, I'm a good person on set. <laughs> I'm just, I love people, the crew, all of it like that to me. I love, I love that family scenario and I want to be a part of a family again. Yeah. I think that's awesome. Um, and inspiring to, you know, for people watching and listening, because we have a lot of, get a lot of feedback from these conversations. And I think this, the thing, the golden thread but a lot of people take is that like, you know, you have to do this for the pure joy of doing it. And you have yeah. to just, you Which can't should be anything like I, I, yeah. I feel like, you know, you should, a, a person should always seek 
to be spending their day doing what they love, what they feel is their purpose. Yeah. Um, this life is quick. It's quick, you know, and if you have a job that doesn't do that, man, find, find other things outside of your job that do it, whether it's volunteering, um, you know, hanging out with animals, but God, it's just, life is way too short and you got to find those things that make you happy. I I've, I've learned that because like I say, I spend most of my time, not, not employed, not acting, you know? So, um, I make sure to fill my life with things that I love and, and with purpose. Thanks for listening and being a part of today's conversation. Thank you. If you enjoyed today's episode, please consider sharing it with a friend. It's absolutely free. A major proportion. The views and opinions of our guests do not necessarily reflect those of the host. And remember, we care. <laughs>